Welcome to the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me. I love that. It's gateway worship. I love that song so much. It's just awesome. Here in your house. We're in the field house, the garage, right? Yes, I know. Not not much longer. Not much longer. So how's everybody doing? I'm shocked to death that y'all are not so sick of hearing me talk. That here you're, here you're back again. It's amazing to me that y'all are back again. Y'all are some beautiful, loving people <laughs> for sure. So here we are, spring semester sisterhood 2023. I know it's so good. So this is how this is how we're going out of this building, and we're going to be talking about some powerful women. Um, you know, some of you may you may how many of you are new to sisterhood and you got here from Flourish. No one. One. Marjorie. (laughs) Hey, Marjorie. (laughs) Welcome to Sisterhood. We're so glad you're here. It's so good. Well, the team and I, we were talking about this spring series coming, and we were like, you know, what, what do we want that to be? And we landed on the topic of women in the Bible, but these are some lesser known women in the Bible. Because, you know, we, we know a lot about Mary. We know a lot about uh, Martha. We know a lot about Esther and Ruth. I mean, some of them have entire books about them. But we don't know. There's some other women that play pivotal parts of the story, the storyline in Scripture that we just may not know as much about. So that's why it's called A Beautiful Life. And we, we really wanted to title it that because it's not just... Not just them creating a beautiful life. Every one of us can create a beautiful life because we all serve the same good God. Amen? Like, I don't serve any different God than you do, right? So whatever you see in my life that you want to lay hold of, just know God has that for you too and me for you when I look into your life. And so, you know, we serve the same good God and that we serve the same good God as these women that we're going to be talking about. So I think the takeaways are going to be awesome each week. Um, so it's week one, and I'm up first. We got some of the team are going to be teaching uh, this series. It's going to be amazing. So I decided I really was praying about it, and I landed on a woman who will remain nameless except for the fact that you and I, I really kind of like that, you and I can insert our name into where she is, and my woman is the Proverbs 31 woman. And um, this is a chapter, it's actually called an oracle, a wise saying, that's what an oracle is. And it says that it was taught to King Lemuel by his mother. Now, most scholars, most biblical scholars would tell you that this is Lemuel was the nickname or the pet name that Bathsheba had for her son Solomon. And so that is, it is Bathsheba's words of instruction to King Solomon, who we know wrote most of Proverbs. And so today we're going to be focusing on the verses 10 through 31. So a a portion of the chapter, not the whole chapter. And these verses that we're going to look at today, they form an acrostic 
where each verse begins with a different Hebrew letter according to the order of the Hebrew alphabet. Now, the most famous acrostic, if you studied theology very much, is in Psalm 119. And that one has every single one of the 22 letters, Hebrew characters, highlighted, and it's repeated exactly eight times. Isn't that fascinating? So I love those. I love those little side notes that you can find as you dig around. So this passage sings the praises. It says some versions say of a good wife, but the reality is it's a good woman. Just a good virtuous woman, really. Wives, people, some people aren't married, so that's like it's for it's for any of us. Any of us females, right? That's who this is for right here. And it's just a beautiful, a beautiful thing. Um, okay, so she is an honor. This um, tells us, as we go through it, you'll see it. She is an honor not just to her husband, but she is an honor to her entire family. And, you know, that's a tall order. That is a really tall order that most of us would say, I I want to be that. That's something I want to be. Um, As I started pouring over this chapter in the the days prior, I began uh, to realize how practical. This chapter is very practical. There's not one thing mysterious about it. It's just very, very practical, laid out there in a way that you and I can take it, chew it up, dissect it, and get something good from it. Let it produce something good in our lives today. So um, almost every commentary I could find says that this particular chapter is not a snapshot in the day, you know, a day in the life of. This is the whole of her life. Because if you read this, y'all, there, you're just like, okay. I don't, how is she not like in the psych ward? I mean, you know, because she does a lot. It's a lot in one day, you know, if you were to look at it that way. But it's, it's really over the span of the seasons of her life that this is played out, which is awesome. Um, and then one thing is definitely highlighted. She is a hard worker. Physically, she is a hard worker. I will say there is no moss growing under her feet. Like none whatsoever. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Proverbs 31, and we're going to begin reading. I'm going to read the entirety of our um, passage, and then we're going to kind of break it down. We're going to go through it a little bit and talk about, feel like God gave me two things to highlight in this. So it says, um, beginning in verse 10, an excellent wife, um, some versions say woman, who can find... For her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hands to the poor, and she stretches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elder where he sits among the elders of the land. 
She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. That's awesome, isn't it? In verse 10 that I just started out with, it says, an excellent wife or woman who can find. So I want us to look at that word excellent because you're going to see that word is threaded through this entire passage that I just read to you. So that word is a Hebrew word, chayil, and it's C-H-A-Y-I-L, chayil. And here's what it means. Here's what excellent means in its most literal terminology, might Strength, power, ability, valiant, virtuous, valor. Literally, the meaning is strength, army, and wealth. Have you ever thought of excellence meaning any of those things? Isn't that powerful when you see it like that. That is very fascinating to me, for sure. And in order for you and I to kind of claim to live excellent lives, we have to kind of break down this list. Do you have might? Do you feel like you have might in the places where you need it in your life? Do you have strength? Do you have strength to go the distance? Do you have power? Are you able? Do you have ability? Are you valiant, virtuous, Do you carry valor, which is like carrying honor? Do you carry or create wealth? That is what this word excellence means. And that is quite the list. I don't know about you guys, but when I read that, I have a ways to go. I look at that and go, whoo, there's some stuff I need to level up on, right? There's just some stuff there. Now, I, I, I know, um, I, I don't know anybody. I wouldn't know anybody, none of y'all, especially here, wouldn't, that wouldn't want this. But the problem is we live in what I would call a microwave culture, right? Where everything's kind of, we want everything instantly. We want everything, I mean, our drive-through meals, right? All, all the things. Because we're so busy just trying to keep our day together, right? Just trying to keep it together. We don't even have time, really, for this kind of character training. Because we're just trying to survive day to day and try to make it into the next day and make it into the next day and get through the next thing. And, right, I mean, that's just kind of how most of us feel. And everything is just instant in our culture. But most people, now I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about any of us in this room. (laughs) None of us. But most of us are not willing to be consistent enough in our life to actually get the life we want. I'll say it again. Most of us are not willing to be consistent enough to actually create the life that we want. And we're going to look at her life and how she's able to do this. Now, I want you to think about something in your life that you you know. You know if you were to stand before the Lord today and give an account for that you saw that that thing, that issue through to the end. Just think about that just a minute. 
an issue that you have gone, uh uh-uh. uh, I stay I stayed at that and I stayed at that, I stayed at that. I said, and the Lord knows I stayed in it and I stayed in it and I stayed in it. And I saw that thing through to the end. How many of you know when we do that you feel so great? It feels good, doesn't it, to go, I was consistent. I hung in there. I saw it through to the very, very end. That's what this takes. That is, that is exactly what um, what consistency brings. It brings that rewarding feeling to us that I saw it through to the end. I think God wants that for every woman. He didn't. He didn't just want it for the nameless Proverbs 31 woman. He wants it for all of us. That's why I said we can all insert our name into that. We all can be that. So as I read this passage afresh, studying. I felt like the, the Holy Spirit highlighted two, two words to me that are really not even in the chapter, but he gave me two words that I want us to track and to study this morning. The first one is strategy. This woman lived by a strategy. And the second word is stewardship. She was an excellent steward. So we're going to look at both of these areas today. So having a strategy, this is what a strategy is. It's a plan of action. It's just a plan of action. No big flowery words. You having a strategy is having a plan of action. Now, if we were to think back again to that thing that you and I saw through all the way to the end, we would know. And we would say, I had a plan of action for that. There was a plan, and I worked that plan all the way through to the end. There was a strategy behind it. So you had a strategy for it. So anything worth doing, or anything that's worth having, it doesn't just happen. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? It doesn't just happen. I mean, you just don't wake up one day and go, gosh, my life is so beautiful and successful. I have no idea how this happened. Wow, wow. I mean, nobody does that, right? That just doesn't happen. It's just not like that. In fact, studies show us, you can study, this is psychology, you can study this, that people and things just left to themselves always tend to go down to the lowest common denominator. They don't don't rise higher because higher is harder. Higher is intentional. Higher is going to require some change, some discipline in all the things. Higher is harder. So we tend to just, you know, everything tends to kind of go down. They don't seem to elevate. So this chapter, though, this portion of this chapter is a great logbook. It's a logbook of her strategies throughout her life. So here's one of them. She had a strategy for food. Some of y'all need to get this. Because this is going to be a newsflash, but the people in y'all's house wants to eat three times a day. They want to eat three times a day, y'all. And you know that it's coming. I mean, I know it's annoying. You're like, again, we got to feed them again. Like, they got to eat. Stop being surprised at dinner time and being like, I have no idea how this happened. We do know how it happened every 24 hours, right? It's dinner time or supper. What do y'all call it? Dinner, supper, whatever. Comes around every 24 hours. Get you an action plan. This woman had an action plan for it. Let's read it. It's in verse 14 and 15. It says, she is like the merchant ship. She brings food from afar, from the Harris Teeter, the Aldi, the wherever you go, get your food, the Trader Joe's, right? So then she rises while it is night and she gives food to her household and portions to her maiden. She had a plan for their meals. 
She's like, I got a plan for this because these people got to eat three times a day and they're going to want some snacks in between, right? That's how, that, that's how it goes. She didn't have Uber Eats, right? She wasn't like, I'm going to have to run down to, I mean, you know, where we live. I mean, Gina and I can drive out of our neighborhood and be in a drive-thru in two seconds. Literally. We can walk to the grocery store from where we live. Literally. They, she didn't have all that. It says she brought the food from afar, like a merchant ship. I mean, that is just wild to me. So she had to make it happen. I'm just saying, we have a lot more conveniences than she did, right? I'm just going to tell y'all, tonight about 6 o'clock, y'all got to have supper ready. Because people are going to want to eat. They just keep wanting to eat. I thought y'all would think that was a lot more funny than that. All right. Y'all are all like, we know. We know. I remember I used to, when the kids were little, I would literally, even years after they were grown up, and gone to college and stuff, I was still thinking about making lunches in the morning, right? You're just like, I'm supposed to be making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for Eli, you know, or, or, or cheese and turkey, whatever it is. You know, I'm supposed to be still doing all that. How many of y'all made the lunches all the way till they graduated high school? Yeah, I was one of those parents that did that, and everybody made fun of them, and I didn't care. I was like, I'm making these lunches as long as I can, but I'd kind of dream about it because I was like, that's all I did, I felt like. Okay, so here's her next strategy. She had a strategy for her physical body. Now, I know we talked about this in the super bloom, and y'all are probably sick to death to hear me talk about it, but here it is in verse 17. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Now, clearly, she's keeping her body in good working order because the woman's having to go to the merchant ships, right, and get the food and bring it from afar. So she's got to stay in good shape in order to do that. But she made sure to feed her body some premium fuel, right, and she made sure that she made her arm strong. Now, I don't think she went to the gym, but I think she's carrying water buckets. I mean, I can only imagine. You know, she may have been chopping wood. I don't know, carrying a baby around on her hip or her back or what in a little papoose. I don't know how she was doing it all. I have no idea. But guess what? She had strength. So that tells me she had excellence because the word excellence means strength. And verse 17 just said, she made her arm strong. So if you and I want to get stronger physically, how many of you know that as we get older, our muscles get less and less? They call it atrophy. Your muscles atrophy. There's a whole thing, you know, about if you don't lose it, use it, you'll lose it. You know what that means, y'all? That means that we're going to have to go around picking up something heavy every once in a while. we got to pick up something that's heavy and put it back down again and pick it back up and put it back down again. Why? Because we want to make our arms strong so that we can do the stuff we need to do, right? That means we, get to, we have to move. we got to do some stuff. We, gotta, we, gotta, we have to do that. God is not going to go, I just give you a pass because you sat for three hours and read your Bible this morning. Put your Bible on your podcast or on your earphones and go for a walk. Go to the gym with your Bible if you have to. But get moving. Make your arms strong so that you can do it. Okay, here's, her, here's another one. She had a financial strategy. Okay, verse 16 says, She considers a field and buys it, and from her earnings she plants a vineyard. Then verse 24 says she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Wow. Okay, she was enterprising. She was enterprising. Um, and it doesn't say that she was running it all through her husband all day. Y'all, the mention of her husband said he was sitting 
at the city gates. Did y'all see that? He's sitting down. He's sitting. He wasn't doing all this. He was actually sitting, but it did not say that she ran all this to her husband. Now listen, I'm not telling y'all to go make a real estate transaction and not tell your husband, but this Bible verse said that she considered the field and bought it. She did. She did that. That's awesome to me. And then it says that she made supplies and sold them. That's wild to me. It's like Gina girl in her kitchen making those caramels, selling them, all the people buying them. I'm just like, what in the world? I mean, that is just wild to me. And I, I'm going to tell you, she was a real entrepreneur. That this woman was an entrepreneur. She was investing, right? Because she reinvested it. It says, because then she went and planted a vineyard. Well, she had to have money for that somehow. So she is creating wealth. And remember our word excellence means wealth. Isn't that something? This one's the hardest one for me. I know I shop at the, you know, thrift stores, and it's a big joke because, you know, I buy everything at the Goodwill, but I do like to shop, right? And I don't create any money, really. <laughs> it's not helpful to my husband because I really don't. I've never taken on the responsibility of providing that type of financial income for my family, this is a, a really big one. I've had really good jobs uh, during my lifetime, but I have never invested and stepped out like this. She is very inspiring to me. So I want to personally be accountable to all of you and tell you I'm making some changes where this is concerned. I've already got some stuff in the hopper and I'm already praying about some things. So I'm going to make some changes in this. And I'm going to tell you, if I can't, y'all promise if I can do it, I prom. I, I, I years ago I signed up and I was in an investment club. Like I didn't even understand what they were talking about. I read that book. I told Tim I have no idea what we sat and talked about for an hour and a half. I have no idea. He was like, "Honey, it's okay. It's all right." I mean, I just like Susan says she glosses over when they talk about money. She said, "I just gloss over." That's what I did. I'd sit in that class and I was like, "Why am I here? What am I?" I was at the, it was at the library in Waynesville, and I was like, "I cannot believe I have joined an investment group." Like I, first of all, I didn't. I did have a little bit of money back then, but it, you know, I really wasn't much more than two nickels to rub together. So I was like, "This is." unbelievable that I have no idea. And I was trying to learn, but I couldn't get a grasp of it. Okay. So here's our next area. Our next area is stewardship. Stewardship. Now this is, this is kind of a big area for her. And uh, here's your definition of stewardship. It's the careful, responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. So it's not just the management of it. It's carefully and responsibly managing something that's been entrusted to your care. We get that word big time when we think of our kids, don't we? Yeah. Oh, you totally get that, you know, that whole stewardship issue. We totally get that. But let's read in verse 11. Here it says, The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. And so I love that. So under her stewardship, there is no lack of gain, meaning that things aren't just staying the same. They're growing. They're growing at some kind of increment because it's called a gain. You know, I do know enough to know that when Wall Street says there's a gain, that things are moving up, right? I do know that much. But she has this strategy and she has a plan for everyday life and it makes her then a good steward over everything that she's been entrusted with. 
So she ends up being a good steward over all of it. Okay, verse 15 says, She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. This says that she does not only care for her family, but she cares for those who work for her too. She's making sure that they have what they need in order to succeed for the day in front of them. Now, for some of us, we may read that and go, well, good for her that she has handmaidens, right? Or whatever they were. I mean, you know, I don't even really know. I just put it in the vernacular that she had some people that were under her working for her. And so, but she cared for them too. So she wasn't just me, my four, no more. She was taking care of her people, right? She was taking care of all that. Then verse 18 tells us, she, see, she senses that her gain is good and her lamp does not go out at night. So she takes into account, she has to pay attention to her work. And she's like, my work is good. She brings gain, we see, into the household. And then she works into the night hours. That is hard for me. After about nine o'clock at night, everybody who knows me well knows I can't string a sentence together because I'm tired. I've been up since whatever time. And I just, I, I, my brain is not functioning well. I mean, I just sort of get crazy and almost silly. And if I, if I get past that, it's like, whoo, she is an interesting person because I'm just so tired that I go to another, it's just another situation. That's hard for me. How many of y'all are night owls? Well, this is praising y'all. That is so good. I'm happy for all of you. Yes, because I just, I just can't. I'm just like, like I'm melting by that time of night. Okay, and then let's go to verse 21. It says that she is not afraid. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. And then verse 25 says, strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. That is... That is really, really good. And this may be my favorite verses about stewardship because notice that she isn't afraid. How many of y'all just look around our culture and it is unbelievable the amount of anxiety, mental health issues, depression, uh, people needing, you know, big companies now give you a mental health day, right? Just because you're feeling some kind of way, right? I mean, this right here, she is not, she's not on social media, right? She's not doing any of that. She is not afraid. She is not afraid. She knows I've been a good steward. I have worked with the strategy. I know that even when it snows, and you know, that is speaking to when a harder time comes, when a time that's harder. I mean, I'm sure when it snows there in Israel, that's a harder time. You know, I'm sure, especially back in that day, she had no fear. She was not afraid because she knew that she had done what she needed to do to put things in place to provide for her family. She had gotten ahead of it by being consistent and by having a strategy. And that made her a good steward. And so she was ready. She was ready when the hard day comes. I, you, you know what happens in Wilmington, you know, when they say it might snow a little bit. You, you know, you go to the grocery store and you're like, there's no bread or milk left. I mean, I don't really even eat bread and milk, but that I, I do go look at it and I'm like, wow, there's no bread and milk left. Like they bought every single thing, you know, it's just wild to me. I'm just like, wow, because, you know, I'm from the mountains. And so everything didn't close down when it was just, you know, spit and snow. You sort of dealt with it and got out and drove around in it. But, but you know, it's just different here. And I think, wow, you know, 
And that's how we all are. You know why? Because we're so used to conveniences. Many times we're not prepared for it, right? So just think about this instead of snow. Think of it about other hard things. Think about other hard things that come your way, the things that are kind of hard in your life. Just think about those and insert that in there. So she's a good, she's a good um, um, steward. Even when the season is a harder season in her life, she's still prepared. She's still got a plan. And what this shows me is, is that she is consistent. And I love this word consistent because consistency is something we do day in and day out, day in and day out. Um, do you know that you and I, when we become consistent and we remain consistent in our day-to-day -day lives, what that does is it pushes worry and stress. It keeps it at bay. It keeps it away from us because of our consistency. We really don't have as much to wring our hands about and worry and be fretful and fearful about because we know we've worked the plan, the strategy. We've been a good steward, we've, and we've been consistent. And we're like, I don't have to worry about this. And you know what else? We know God's got us because he sees these character traits in us. He sees when we reach out and we're, we're consistent. He sees when we do the hard things, even when we don't want to, right? I think there's a book out there, I, I Can Do Hard Things, right? We can all do hard things, and, and it's hard sometimes to be consistent. Consistency is really, especially if you're a person that likes change, consistency can be a really hard, uh, challenging thing, really, at times. And so it can be, but do you want more peace and tranquility? Remember Sunday when we talked about that? Peace and tranquility. I mean, that if you become consistent about the day-to-day -day things in your life that really matter, and that might take you sitting down going, what really matters? She had taken an inventory of what really mattered, and that's what she was spending her strength and energy on the things that really mattered, right? And you and I, we can do the same thing. So consistency also will bring a certain order to our life. And I do think um, everybody needs that. You know, God is a God of order. And when things in our life get out of order, how many of you feel nervous when things in your life are just not orderly? When you know things are just not, you know, when you, if you think, oh my goodness, did I not pay that bill on time? Did I, I don't know where I put that. I don't know, this. you know, it's just like you've got all these little loose ends out there. That, to me, I feel like I am uh, like melting down when that happens because I, there's no order around that. And consistency in my life helps create an order about it. And I'm not saying that you're like a robot, right? Because we all, you know, I'm just saying have a plan, right? Now, not, remember, I'm not calling anybody to be a robot. We're not, we're not even going to order our drinks from the thing at the McDonald's, right? We're going to go to the person with a face and a heart, right, a brain, and go, I'm going to need you to take my money and get me a drink cup. I'll go fill it up, but I'm going to need you to do a couple of things before I leave here today, right? Because we're just not doing all that. So we're not robots, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a plan. I mean, when my kids were little, I mean, I had a plan for every day. I rarely did everything on the list, but I had something I was shooting for. You know what I'm saying? Because it brings order. It brings order. Now, you have little meltdowns and people get sick. You know, you got all kinds of things that happen, but you at least are starting off somewhere, right? Just starting off somewhere. So that's what happens um, is that that consistency actually helps to bring that order. Now, notice she is literally wearing strength and dignity, how many of you like to watch um, Instagram uh, videos? 
Raise your hand, y'all. I know some of y'all do. I followed Instagram house stuff and all. But usually what they do at the end of the video, they will go, and here is the OOTD. And the hashtag OOTD is the outfit of the day. So if I were to tell you my outfit of the day, I got both of these at the Goodwill in Scottsdale, Arizona. I got these at the Gap. I got these, I can't remember, and my socks are bands that Michelle gave me. And so, oh, and I got these at, what's it called? Island Passage downtown. Okay, so that's, that's, that's your outfit of the day. This girl's outfit of the day is strength and dignity. She's like, put this in your OOTD, hashtag. Do this. I mean, I love that. I'm like, that's so cool. And all my life, now y'all know my story, I have hated weakness. I have, I'm telling you, I have like, Bailey says, mom, I, I can watch you actually smelling weakness across the room. She said, I can, I can literally watch it come across your face because so much of my growing up life, I had no control over anything. And I felt so small and helpless and weak. And I, it's, it was kind of like inside, I was like, if I ever can grow up past this, I am never going to feel this way again. Well, how many of you know, we are all going to feel weak sometimes right? All of us do. But all of us do. But the Bible says that in our weakness, his strength is perfected. That is good. That's the best news of the day right there. Because all of us feel weak sometimes, right? So if we lean back in to strength and dignity, strength meaning excellence and dignity, right? That's what this woman was wearing. I absolutely love that God gave us that beautiful uh, definition of excellence back at the beginning of this morning. I love that so much because we can tie, do you see how this whole chapter ties back to that, how it started out? And I want to wear strength and dignity every day, not just because I feel, or I feel weak or small or I, or I hate weakness. I, I don't, I don't want to be like that. I want to be like, I want to wear strength and dignity because it makes me excellence to him to him. So uh, in verse 27, it says, she looks well to the ways of her household and she does not eat the bread of idleness. Now this, you know, this speaks to her consistency. She is not idle. She isn't idle. Another word for idle is lazy. Uh, You know, the old, I grew up with old saying, have y'all ever heard that idle hands is the devil's workshop? Y'all know what I'm saying? And my mother-in-law, yeah, she didn't have this here, but she would tell us young girls, when uh, I, so after I had Eli and I had a few friends at the church and we'd all had babies within a year or two of each other. And I remember we were in a little gossip session one day and she just kind of sashayed up into our little group and she said, I think it's about time y'all have baby number two. She literally told us that. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what? But she was literally like, you need to get busy again because your idle hands are not blessing you right now. You're better than this. Get busy. And that's what she meant. She meant whatever it is that's going to pull your life back up to a higher productive place, get there. Because this isn't a good look for you. I remember being like, okay, wow. I mean, you know, because she was, remember, remember from Sunday, she was correcting me. She was correcting me. She was guiding me. She was leading me. And I was trying to be teachable. And you know what? About 10 or 12 months later, Bailey was born. Hey, boo. So awesome, isn't it? But she was right. 
she was right. I mean, it's, it's, there's just some truth to that. But see, if we have a strategy and then we're being a good steward of everything the Lord's entrusted to us, we won't be idle. We'll be the right kind of busy. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go have a baby. That's not what I'm saying. That's not, I'm saying we shouldn't be idle, whatever that means. I know some of y'all are like, well, that would be the immaculate conception because that would be me now for sure, right? But there's a good busy and then there's a busy that's born out of perfection, which is a trap. It's a trap. I mean, Gina and I've talked about it for 10 years. That, is, that whole thing is a trap, y'all, because nobody's perfect. Only Jesus. Uh, we're, we, we're not perfect. That, that may be a newsflash. I mean, not that we're not. We're not. None of us. None of us are. None of us are perfect. And so that just, um, that, that busyness that's born out of perfection and performance, that is exhausting. It's just like, because you can never, there's always somebody outperforming and outperfecting you somewhere. And now that we have social media and the, the uh, World Wide Webs, that's what my mama used to call it, the World Wide Webs. Now that we have that, it's like the whole world is who you're comparing yourself to. Like that is not how God wanted us to live. But the good busy, the good one is productive. And listen to this, the good busy blesses your life and other people's life. When you're the right kind of busy, you know it because your own life feels blessed and you're blessing other people. Doesn't that feel good when we do that? But, but the other busy keeps us on this dreaded hamster wheel, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, da, 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 it just wears you out. And that, my friends, is the devil's plan. His strategy is to wear out the saints of God. And if he can wear us out and get us exhausted enough, we're out. So we have to be the right kind of busy. And you'll know it because it gives life to you. You know, because you may say, well, how do I know? You know, how, am I volunteering too much? Am I serving too much? Am I, am I, am I working too much? Am I, what am, I, am I doing too much? You'll know that because you'll begin to feel drained, right? Like, like I, I thought I was going to have some time off tomorrow. I told y'all that I was going to take my bra off and not even put clothes on tomorrow. But I have to do this filming thing. So I got to keep going for one more day. But y'all, on Thursday, I'm taking some time off, right? We have to do that. We can't just like keep, we just can't do that because we all run out of steam at some point. So that's, that's what she kind of teaches us in this. So we don't want to be on the hamster wheel. So God wants to show us through her the right kind of productivity. That's why this chapter's there. That's why these words are there. He's trying to show it. Okay, and then... To the end, I want to read this again to you. Verses 28 through 31 says, Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works bring her praise in the city gates. Here's the deal. When you and I are living this life of um, stewardship and the strategic living that's producing this type of consistency and order and blessing in our life and others, other people see it. Not only do other people see it, it's like a magnet. It draws people to your life. It draw, I mean, I was like a magnet to my mother-in-law's life. I didn't even know why. At that young age, I couldn't have even told you when I was 14 and 15 years old why I had to be with her. I could not have voiced it. I had no idea that it was from what I was lacking. 
I had no idea. I just knew that whatever was in her, I needed that. And I had to get close to it. That's what I, I was like, I must, I must glean from her. And she didn't teach like this. She wasn't up leading anything. She was just doing her day-to-day life and loving the next person and then the next person and the next. I mean, that's what she did. She just had a beautiful life of just loving one person after the next. But when you live this way, this way that I just read, people will see it. Other people will see it. And um, I want you to know that. Because how many of you had seasons in your life where you felt invisible? Yeah. I have had seasons in my life... um, When my kids were little, I've told you this before, and I had a husband that was working a big job, and and he was very busy, and I was very at home. I had lost my mother-in-law, who I've just been telling you about, who was my best friend and my neighbor. We all lived on 100 acres together on Peace Mountain Road in a little town called Waynesville, North Carolina. There was no Target. There was a Belks and a Walmart and a grocery store. That was all that I had. So I, I just, I, oh, this is what I began to do. I began to um, do deep, rich Bible studies all by myself, all by myself in my house. I, I, I felt so sad and so alone most days. Um, I would get up in the early morning hours before anyone in my house was up, and it was still dark outside, and I would sit for hours, and I would study I would read, and then I would write. I would begin to write everything. I'd just get it out, everything I was feeling, everything I was needing. And you know what happened? God met me in that place on Peace Mountain Road. He met me there. And he was like, I got, I got, I got something for you to do. Because you know what began to happen after that season in my life that was so sad, and I can still take myself back there and remember it. You know, I can just remember what I felt like. Is that other people started seeing it too. Pretty soon, my pastors were coming to me and saying, there is a spiritual depth in you. There is a richness in you that was not there before. What is, what is going on in your spiritual life? Other people began to see it and began to question me on it. And said, how did this happen? And, you know, my family and my spiritual life began to flourish, even in the hard place. But especially in the invisible place. And if you ever had young children, you know there's a time where you just feel invisible. Because you're just there at home with them and there's nobody that sees you there at all. But through all the seasons in my life, since that point, I've had many, many seasons. Some seasons have been good. Some seasons have been not so good, and I would even say bad, um, but God has always said, come back to this woman. Come back to her. Insert yourself into her story. See if you can find yourself inside the story of these verses. And I have over and over again. He's used this, this particular chapter to not only encourage my heart, but to inspire me. You know, the Word of God is meant to inspire us. It is meant to. It's meant to kind of cause us to have a spark that goes off inside of us that kind of sets something ablaze. And that's what the Word of God does, and He wants that for all of us today. So, okay, I'm wrapping it up now. Um, you guys got 15 minutes. And here's your question of the day. Uh, you can, what, what area, what area today spoke more to you? Was it the stewardship part? Was it the strategy part? And while you're sharing, share why, why you think it is. Now I told y'all the part of mine. 
was being transparent about my issue of, you know, what, what the, the finance, she had a financial plan. She had a strategy for her finances, which is wonderful. But I, sh- I shared with you that I really felt God tugging me in that direction. And, and then he began to show me some things. I was like, this is beautiful. So just share with each other. Um, Bailey's going to put a little bit of music on for us. Thank you, Bailey. And I'll come back up to close this out. And for those of you who have not done small groups, we just, <laughs> we group up into groups of like three to five people, six people, and we just go around and introduce ourselves and get to know one another a little bit. All right. If you can make your way back to your seat or get your seat back to its original location. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Nicole. That's good. When you get back to your original location, you can stand to your feet. Going to send you out of here today. So good. So good. I want to say to some of you, I felt like the Holy Spirit was highlighting to me when I was putting this message together to tell some of you that it is not too late. You know, because sometimes, you know, as life goes on, we begin to think, you know, that part is finished. And, but the Lord's like, it's not too late. It's not too late. Because he still has a plan. He still has a purpose. He still has a destiny for the Proverbs 31 woman that's inside each of you. You know, so so just just know that. And I also feel like, um, you know, sometimes we feel like, or I hear this, I hear this a lot, and I have people that I talk to about this, that, you know, I wish that things with my children, my adult children, that I never dreamed they would look like this. This is not what I was expecting. This isn't what I thought was going to happen. And, um, you know, we can, we can pray. I'm going to pray today over that situation. You may even have prodigal children that were once walking with the Lord that are not walking with the Lord anymore. And I know that as a mother's heart, the Word of God tells us that I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the truth. And that is just true for all of, you know, mankind, womankind. That's just how God created us, and He made us like that. And so we're going to pray over our children for just a minute today, if that's okay. And uh, we're just going to pray together about that. And then we're going to pray about new seasons and releasing the spirit of excellence on all of us so that the days that we have left on the earth, and we don't know how many those are. We have no idea when God's going to call any of us home. But we want them to be marked, right, by strength and dignity. We want them to be marked by excellence. We want them to be marked by the things, the character traits that she teaches us here about how to do, the things of God when God's pouring out His Spirit on each of us. And so I just wanted to take a moment today to pray over these areas because um, I know that some, uh, sometimes it's easy to you hear a message like this and you're just like, that would be a great word if I was hearing it in my, in my 20s because I might could have done some things differently. But that's just the lie of the enemy because you heard it today. So today was the day of the Lord for you to hear it. And today is when God's saying, okay, now we got something in the hopper, we can move forward, you know. And so I really believe there's, there's going to be some good change coming. So, Jesus, we thank you that it's never too late.
that it is never too late for you and for all the things that you have planned for us, Lord. And so, God, we bring to you uh, the children, the children, the grown children, the prodigal children, grandchildren, maybe even great-grandchildren in this room today. Lord, we specifically pray for the ones who are not following you today. We ask that you would release the hounds of heaven to go get them wherever they are today and that they would, by your spirit, go round them up and call them home. We pray, Lord, that you would send them uh, someone along their way today in the highways and the byways that would call them back into the family of God. Lord, we pray that you would do whatever you need to do to get these ones walking in truth again with you. And so we lift them up to you, God. We, I know prophetically I have heard that this is going to be, the, this next season, the years of the prodigals coming home. So we declare that now and we release that in Jesus' name. And we say that we believe the prophets. We, we say we do believe the prophets. We believe they've heard from you because we know you created the family. And that is your desire, is that none should perish, but all know you and walk in a, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So we cancel every lie over their lives. We cancel even the lies they've told themselves and lived under. We cancel every curse in the name of Jesus that's been released over their lives. We cancel every assignment that's been launched out of hell against them. And we call it null and void now. And we speak to the spirits of those children, whether they're adult, whether they're little, no matter where they are right now, wherever they are in the earth, we speak to their spirits and call them back into the family of God. We speak a relationship and renewed heart for Jesus, Lord, that you would turn their spirits on and that their spirits would come alive again. Lord, let them hear a song or let them meet a new person or someone because each of us had someone in our lives that led us to you or led us back to you. So bring that today in the lives of these kids. Now, God, we pray over the new season that each of us are stepping into. I pray, Lord, that you will give us legs underneath us that hold us. I pray, Lord, that you will stabilize us in the spirit and that we will have the strategies from heaven and that we will be able to steward the things that you have released to us in the name of Jesus with excellence, with purity of heart, giving glory only unto you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for all you're doing. We release today a spirit of excellence across this room and into every home that is represented here. I, I speak the excellence that literally means strength, army, wealth, valor, ability, all the things, God, that we need. Put in the things that we don't have so that we will have every tool we need to be excellent. We thank you, Lord, for sisterhood. I thank you for each of these women. I pray a blessing on their personal lives, on their private lives, their families, their homes, their businesses, every relationship they have. Put it all into the right, God. Put it all into the right. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the kindest one we know, and we love you the most. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you guys, and we will see you back here next week for woman number two. <laughs>